friend, many of us can close our eyes and remember that teacher, that educator that made a difference in our lives. But oftentimes we don't get to hear that teacher's story or even see them outside of the classroom. But today we'll get to hear one educator's journey. Stay tuned. I'm Ashley White, the host of Joy on the Journey podcast, a weekly podcast all about defining, finding, and maintaining the joy on the journey of life. This week's guest, y'all, is super, super special. I promised that I would introduce to the podcast and to the world my best friends, and this is one of them. She is none other than Miss Terry Hampton, known throughout Texas as a proven leader, compassionate advocate, and a fierce defender of education law. What I also have to tell you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yes. I have been transparent in all of these conversations, and Terry has been my confident my prayer partner, and my absolute truth teller for over 20 years. Wow. Yes. 20. Over 20. Wow. Over 20, y'all. Wow. We met on the campus of Prairie View and m University. Go Panthers. So, Terry, allow me to publicly thank you for the mm-hmm. decades yeah. wow. of support, of friendship, of sisterhood for being that person I know I can call and be like, Terry, am I crazy? Yeah. And she will tell me, yes, I am. Yes. So or, or no. Mostly yes. But mostly yes. <laughs> <laughs> mostly yes. Okay. So she has supported my dreams yes. every single adventure. And I just want to thank you publicly for everything that you have meant to me. She's given me my first godchild. And um, thank you for sharing your family with me. Of course. Thank you for being there. All the time. Yes, ma'am. All, All the, the time. time. So for 20 years. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 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 The years add up. They do. Good it went years. by fast. Very fast. I feel like we were just there. Okay. <laughs> very, very fast. It's something about hearing that number. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're in there. But I, I equally want to say thank you. Because if, as much as I'm your truth teller friend, I know that I still get that from you. But I do know that if I ever just need that that prayer, I know I can call on my friend. She's a deacon, y'all. I have a friend that's a deacon. <laughs> but I, I, I laugh when I say that, but it's also a very proud moment. Because it is truly where I know you were meant to be. Mm-hmm. You forever have been that person that I'm like, I, I know I can call on this person to, when I say pray for me, like she's, she's going to pray. If she doesn't pray right now, I know it's not on deaf ears. So I say thank you for over 20 years yeah. of being uh, someone that I know is praying for me, whether I ask for it or not, Absolutely. and my family. Absolutely. So thank Absolutely. you. We're not going to fall apart. We're not. We're not. Fall apart. We just got started. Yes. Okay. We just got started. So Terry, the podcast is all about defining, finding, and maintaining joy. Yes. And we start 
every podcast, including season two. So if you're new here, welcome. Go back. We got about 20 episodes for you to catch up on, or you can start right here. Go ahead and subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you'll always be notified when a new episode drops. And, but when you think back over your life, when were some of the most joy-filled moments? Oh, wow. Okay. See, you you caught me off guard. (laughs) I was expecting the first question to be, what is joy? See? Good teaching moment right there. Okay. Um, My most joyous moments. Well, I cannot. I have three children, as you know. Uh, So they are my first thoughts, obviously. Um, There's nothing like that moment of, one, finding out that you are going to be a mother, but also that you're throughout the journey of those months and looking into what all it takes for a child to be born for them to now and you hold them. So I cannot say that that is not my most joyous moments in life. So it would have to be October 11, 2008, November 9th, 2011, and June June 19th, 2014. Those by far um, have been the most joyous moments now every time after that may not have been as joyous as that moment but those um by far and I think in addition to that I made myself proud Mm. I made myself proud not someone told me they were proud but in my eyes I said I did that I did that girl you you go girl you did that so in those moments where you were making yourself proud Mm. Okay. What was the last moment where you were like, I did that? Oh, man. Um, you know, uh, see, y'all, she wants me to cry. I'm, I'm, I'm not a crier. Vacation is such a, man, it's a roller coaster. And I am my worst critic, so I'm always wondering if I'm doing something right. Am I um, making a difference? And I think that's, that's, that's my goal in education is to make a difference. It wasn't necessarily something I did, but there was a moment a couple weeks ago. And I'm just outside, good morning, you know, telling my kids good morning as they're walking in the building. And this little girl walks up to me, gives me a hug and said, I wish you were my mom. Oh my God. <laughs> you, what? Aww. And I was like, I didn't. Okay. Aww. And it was kind of like, I don't know what I did. She and I had never really had a conversation, but it was one of those things of like, I've done something to make an impression on her. And of course I'm not her mom and I don't think it took anything away from her mom. But I, you know, in in that moment just kind of gave her a hug and told her, you know, well you, I am, I'm everyone's mom here. You all are all my children. But in that moment I was like, I guess I'm doing something right. Yeah. I'm doing something right. And she just, out of the blue. Oh. Crazy, right? Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> it's crazy because it came on a day where you just, you're doing something so, in my eyes, so normal. Yeah. Good morning. Right? Good morning. Everybody have a great day. And, you know, it's the end of the year, so I'm tired and <laughs> ready for it to be over. And it, it just gave me a boost. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, 
Well, I, I, I can keep going. You know, I can keep going. As you know, I just um, graduated. With no, my... we're not going to put no air quotes on that. <laughs> I just completed my um, educational law certificate yes. from Indiana University. And, you know, it was, a, it was a journey that I set off on just to see, you know, I know I love education. I know that. Uh, I know this is where I was meant to be. God placed me um but there's always a piece of me that wants something more I do love learning I'm not the best student (laughs) but I love learning right and but I wanted something extra and so going through that as difficult as it was as difficult as going to school being a principal being a mom to three active kids kids. you know it and then and it was a secret. I think maybe a handful of people knew I was doing it. So it was difficult to keep motivated, but also, you know, because it's like, it's not leading me to a job. It's just really something mm. I wanted to learn, right? So it's not, you know, if, you, if you're going into education or you're taking classes or degree for a job, you, that's your motivation. Right. This was just me doing something because I thought this would be cool and let's see is this a direction I want to go in and so sometimes there were many times of like why am I doing this you know what what is my purpose but let me keep going so to complete it was amazing and I had good grades yes she did. so it was like okay kudos to me yeah so yeah very good so those, those are my those are my most recent very moments. good, very good. So we are so proud of you. On behalf of all of your friends and community, <laughs> we are so proud of you. Thank you. For pushing through <laughs> and enduring Yes, and coming out. So in addition to our 20 years, mm-hmm. over 20 years, you have yeah. over 20 years in education. So this is actually year 19. Is it year 19? 19. This is year 19. Year 19. But you... You're kind of correct because I, I did substitute teaching for about half a year. So, yeah, right at about 20 years. So when did you know you wanted to be an educator? Oh, wow. Um, mm, it's crazy to say when I got in. Oh. I, uh, as you know, my mom was an educator. She was an elementary school teacher. And I think like most teacher children I'm not doing that I'm not going into education I'm not going to be a teacher I had all kind of dreams I was going to be all kind of things you Mm -hmm. know and um I don't even know if you know this my high school I went to high school to be a pediatrician no yeah I went to the high school for health professions that's where I got my high school diploma from (laughs) I just met her today hi my name is Ashley hi I went to the high school for health professions. I wanted to be a pediatrician. That was the thing. I always loved kids. I knew whatever I did, I wanted to work with kids. Crazy story. Then about sophomore, junior year, I was like, I don't want to dissect. It's not really dissecting when you're doing a human body, but you know, you had to to go through the, I don't want to do that. And you had to do that regardless of what field you were Mm. going into. I was like, okay, so that's, that's not for me. That I just want to treat baby colds and flus. I don't want to do surgery. I don't want to do that. Started changing, and we were, you know, entering into the world of technology, and and so um, I was like, I'm gonna do computer science. 
that's what I'm going to do. I like computers. And so that's how I ended up at Prairie View, majoring in computer science for about two weeks. Mm-mm. Not two weeks. About two weeks. About two weeks. I was like, I just... It's boring. I don't like this. It's not me. It's not me. It wasn't me. Um, changed my major. And so that's how I ended up in the College of Business mm-hmm. where we met. Uh, and that's why I was a uh, MIS major in accounting. And then, you you know, my journey on accounting. We're not going to bring that up not here. But um, here. Mm. I graduated, though. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know. So I graduated with a MIS degree with a minor in accounting. Mm-hmm. Just going to leave it there. And really... As we were all graduating, as you know, I just, I really didn't know. Mm. I did not know what I wanted to do. Um, I knew about the alternative certification programs. I knew I could fall back on that if I just had to. So as I graduated and started the MBA program at PV, I was like, well, I'll sub because I don't have a job and I'll figure out what I want to do. Day two of subbing, I met a, uh, a teacher who just kind of was like, oh, this is what you do. And I just instantly started admiring her in her classroom. And I got more comfortable with being in kids. And I was like, I think I can do this. Mm, sure. And I, even then I was thinking, we'll try this out and see as I kind of figure out life. And um, then when I started teaching in Galveston, I just I fell in love. Mm. And I was like, I put it, I put it off all these years and... And this is me. There, it is you. You it, are an educator. Me. I am. So over your career, I am sure that there have been several students that have said, I know for a fact that there have been several students mm-hmm. that have said you have made a difference mm-hmm. in their lives. So I want to ask from the flip side, mm-hmm. have there been parents or teachers or parents or students that have made a difference in your life? And how? Of course. Um, I am one of the few, I think, well, I don't want to say one of the few educators, but there are not many. I have had the pleasure of working in in all three levels of K-12 education, of elementary, middle, and high school, predominantly Hispanic in African-American schools, teaching children that grew up different than, than I did. You know, I think everybody understands poverty, regardless of how you grow up. But it's different when you kind of experience it. Um, I knew poverty. I knew of it. Um, I didn't grow up that way. Uh, I think my my family, we were just a traditional middle class family. Mom was a teacher. My dad was a firefighter. And he had several entrepreneur jobs on the side. You know, we were middle class. I didn't want for anything. But I knew that there poor people existed. I knew that there were kids in poverty. Um, but my first year teaching um, in Galveston ISD was kind of my true face-to-face reality with poverty. Mm-hmm. I had a student, a female student. You know, politicians talk about it a lot. You know, we have to because some kids, they come to school just to eat. She, she literally did. It was eye-opening, you know, to realize that that this is important for her, that she would get to school late, but I would have the, I made a deal with the cafeteria workers to save her a plate. She's coming, 
and she would kind of sit off to the side where nobody would see her and she would come late to my class to make sure that she had breakfast every morning. I had students who never left the island of Galveston, which mm-hmm. I always thought, wow. Mm-hmm. At the time, I wasn't even living in Galveston. I was living in League City. So for me, that was my daily trip, and you've never left this island. Um, or out of town was going to Baybrook Mall. Mm-hmm. And I remember in my mind thinking, my friends and I, Ashley, mm-hmm. we were at Bennigan's at Baybrook Bay Mall every day. Yeah. <laughs> You know, but that was going out of town for them. Yeah. That was like a vacation. That was kind of my first um, part where they started to change me. And I realized that I had something to give and show them that it was more than just teaching them the curriculum. Mm -hmm. It was about exposure. And so many times in... um, in my career, that's my focus is exposure. I always tell teachers and I truly believe college is not for everyone, but our job as educators in the K-12 system is to make sure that if they want to go, they're ready. They can go. And if they don't choose that path, what, what path is there for them? But they're prepared for that path, right? So um, my first year teaching was very eye-opening. It, it truly changed me into what my purpose was not only just myself of understanding then every not everybody grew up like I did, right? This is different. You know, I had a student that was in the ninth grade and I was like, Why haven't you been in school in a week? But it all started clicking. He was eighteen mm-hmm. in the ninth grade, couldn't read. He was in jail for the past week. Wow. And then even just to think about that, well yeah, if we don't teach them, what does he have mm-hmm. then to sell drugs because he's 18 he doesn't have education he can't read and his family's living in poverty okay I have a job to do Mm. so it changed my mentality of this is just a job for me to figure out um what I want to do in my life versus that I have a purpose when I come here every day yeah she's crying don't do that Um, But yeah, um, we have this thing and I I know a lot of businesses have it where it's, you know, what's your why? What's your why? You know, and um, this year, you know, it started hitting me and I was like, we don't have a vision statement. And if we did, I couldn't find it. Right. Mm -hmm. So we one of the things we started the year was was coming together to create a vision statement for the campus. And I told them that but we can't come up with a vision statement I think everyone has expressed their why at some point at some training I was like well I don't think I've ever told you my why and I showed them a lot of I showed them pictures of some of my ex-students and as you know the majority of my uh, educational career has been in the high school setting Um, high school is very um, it can be a very difficult place to work Um, Not for what you stereotypically see of, oh, they're teenagers and attitudes. It's not that. It's society that we live in. Mm. And I have so many students that you make these bad decisions that I have had to send to jail because of a decision that they made. And um, I've had 
students on the news before who their parents didn't raise them that way, but some kind of way they, they made decisions, poor decisions. I've had students try to commit suicide. I've had students, you know, that, you know, were cutters and really dealt with mental health issues. And it can be weighing on you, you know, because you get attached to kids and and you want to reach to them. But again, I don't live in your life. So as much as I can tell you it's not worth it, life is this, there's other I still don't live what you live every day, right? But then you have your success stories, right? You have the kids that came from nothing, but they... They work so hard to, I don't want to live like that, right? So you have those. um, But in the end, what I expressed to them was my why of what makes me get up every day is so that I can change that school-to-prison pipeline, that I can stop seeing my students on the news, like stop seeing my students go to jail for senseless things and that I can now increase the K-12 to college pipeline. That, that, is, that is my why, to decrease the black and brown going down the wrong path. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. And I want to thank you for your service, for your work, for your passion. You've mentioned it that you have transitioned various roles throughout your career. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about when did you know it was time to transition? Mm. And what did you learn during those periods of transition? You know, it's funny. I always thought I knew when it was time, Mm -hmm. right? I never knew when it was time. Every transition from... um, the classroom to administration was really God's work. It wasn't, you know, when you get out of school and you get a your degree and now, oh, okay, I have my certification and be a principal. I, I dream of that one day. It wasn't like I'm ready, I'm going. No, it just kind of fell in my lap. That first um, leadership position and then you're going to be an assistant principal. Okay. I think I'm ready, right? Mm-hmm. And then even in that role, you know, you see people, their assistant principal for a few years, and then boom, principalship. And you think, okay, is that that's what I'm supposed to do? And after a while, you're like, well, am I ready? I think I'm ready. People are telling you you're ready. But again, I'm my worst critic, so I'm like, I don't know. I'm kind of comfortable. Um And then there are times where you're like, I'm ready. And then God says, hold on. Mm. Um, And, you know, there was a transition where I was at a school for a very long time. And I knew I was ready to leave. I knew I needed to leave. But I was trying to leave for a position that that wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right position. And I didn't understand I think I know more than them, but it wasn't that, you know, we get comfortable. And I I see, I say that for myself at that time, I was very comfortable. I wasn't learning and growing in my craft anymore. I could be in a sense of personal in my sleep. So in a sense, I wasn't ready. It wasn't the right move. And, you know, through the course of things happening, I ended up taking a different position 
that helped me grow in a totally different area. Kind of renewed my, okay, this is something new I have to learn. This is something new that I can introduce to others and introduce to students. And then after that, and then also it exposed me mm. to people that I, I would have never been exposed to in my previous position where I was comfortable. Gotcha. And the transition wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for me. And so about a year after I had to think, you know what, God, this was nobody but you. You moved me. I wasn't going to move myself, so you moved me. I didn't like it in the moment. <laughs> but it was it was what was necessary for me to grow. Mm-hmm. Once I did become um, principal, you're always looking at some point. But I was like, okay, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And um, And once again, God just called on my day off. <laughs> Uh, it was the one time I actually took vacation, and it was a random phone call from the superintendent. Um, and it is truly, you know, where where God, I was supposed to be, where he placed me. He He put me there. So it wasn't that I knew I was ready. It, it was he moved me when it was time. That's a powerful lesson because so many of us have been in positions where we're like, come on. Yeah. With, I'm ready. Yeah. Whether it's a position, whether it's life, whether mm-hmm. it's, oh yeah, you know, motherhood. I have the degree. Yeah. I have this. I've done this. So I'm ready for the next thing. And then you're like, why is this not happening? Because it's not time. Mm-hmm. It's not time. It, it's, it's all in God's timing. And so, you know, so many, you know, ask now, like, are you like, okay, you've done this now for three years. Are you ready to go back to high school? I'm like, whenever he moves me. I'm good, and I have learned to just be content in the moment and not try and chase what I I feel is my next, I'm supposed to do this. No. I'm, I'm not supposed to do anything except maximize the potential he's given me or the oh, position he's given me. Yeah, that's it. You've given me this. And so I'm going to work as hard as I can in this position. I'm going to do the best I can now. And when it's time to move, he'll move me. I want you to know how freeing Mm -hmm. that is to someone watching. Yeah. Someone struggling in this waiting season (laughs) of when is my time Mm -hmm. coming? Mm -hmm. Whether it's life, career, personal and instead learning how to be content yeah. and maximize the now season. Yeah, because in, in, and I'm telling you this from just experience. I've, I've had the moments, and we've had those mm-hmm. conversations of, yeah. you know, I went on this interview, I went on this interview, I said everything right, mm-hmm. right? I've, I've done the work, so what, what's, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. It wasn't time. Yeah. It wasn't time. And it took me time to realize that. I, I had to be okay with being like, you know what? But it's, it's hindsight sometimes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I say to anybody in that position, just mm-hmm. you have to release that when, that anxiousness. Release the when. I think that's the title of the episode. Okay. I think that's <laughs> it. I want to also ask, you mentioned um, at the start of the top of the episode that your most joyous moments were the birth of your three children. Yes. And then you talked about the active. She got three active. 
active, active children. Very active. I want to ask, have you juggled or have you struggled to juggle the roles of mother and educator? Yes, yes. Um, The struggle is real. I saw this sign at Chick-fil-A of all places. Okay. And I actually backed up in the driveway to take a picture of it. And I said, I'm going to start next year with this. It said, you can't spell career without care. Mm. And I was like, and that is the difference. Because that is the difference between my career and a job. Mm -hmm. I love what I do, right? Because I care. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is the difference. A job you can just do with no emotion or anything. When I go to work every day, I I truly care. It bothers me when a student is not successful or doesn't feel that they have what it takes, right? Or when a teacher needs something that I can't provide, right? It's, It's, so I give my all. With that though, I'm the same way with my kids. I am trying to give my all. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm exhausted. <laughs> so it, it is a struggle to balance how do I be all that I am for my staff who know that they can call me whenever. And they do. And that's okay. But how can I be all that for them? But then also sit and go to track practice, volleyball, and all these things. For my kids, you know, so the struggle is real, but also I want them to be successful students Mm -hmm. too. So do you have everything you need? Am I asking you everything? What do you need from me? But then also balancing myself Mm. because I, if I'm not okay, I can't be all to both of these groups of people. Right. So the struggle, yes, I have struggled um, with, trying to figure out that balance of I am principal and when to take the principal hat off and when I'm mom. And especially even because my two youngest, as you know, go to my school. Mm -hmm. So even in that moment of recognizing I am principal Hampton versus mom and when to be that person as well at school. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we haven't come into more, a lot of things that where it clashes but in the back of your mind, you are still mom. Mm-hmm. I am mom, and that is my child. At some point, this is my job, and I don't ever want people to think I'm confusing the two. Mm-hmm. But at my core, I'm a, I'm a mom first before anything. It's time. It's not enough time. Yeah. Ever. It's not enough time, and that's the biggest piece. And both are exhausting. When you have a career that you love, and education requires a lot of you, especially in administration and being a leader, I meet with so many parents, students, staff members all day long. The community members. The community, you Mm -hmm. know, someone always wants something. And so after school, you're wanting to breathe, but now some other people want something from you. And they still want that bubbly person (laughs) and you're like... I have nothing left. It's about me finding that balance in between mm-hmm. to be that for everyone. Mm-hmm. What have you found to show up for you? Mm. I'm still working on it. Uh, but what I, my biggest thing is I've kind of set up a routine 
even when I get home. My first thing is I go to my room and I just need to take a bath or a shower. Like I need to wash that day away. Mm-hmm. And my kids have come to, you know, we have about a 20 minute drive home and they, we talk and they tell me all about their day and the drama of being kids right (laughs) and so you know all about the teenage drama and kids and all that in school and so but they know when I get home that is my please just let me release you know I find my time in doing that and just taking a moment to relax taking a moment to do something that requires no thinking. Mm -hmm. What can I do? Um, And yes, as I drop my kids off at practice, I've made it a point to that's my time to just go eat alone, go have a meal by myself, you know, or go just walk around the store by myself because that doesn't require me to be something for someone else in that moment. So yes, if you have this, two-hour practice I'm gonna drop you off and go and do something for me even if it's just two hours <laughs> even if it's just two hours maximizing the time maximizing that maximizing time I'm here time. anyway so we can't close out without talking about your own mother and okay. sister oh, lordy. both okay. who are outstanding educators and role models yeah what is something that they have taught you about overcoming obstacles in education or in life? My mom was educated for 29 years, all elementary. She never went any further. My sister and I were the ones that ventured up. <laughs> you know, my sister is a high school principal. And I think in all of our different experiences, what they taught me most and what we, we all really focus on is ensuring that we keep the kids our main focus um you know I like to you know as they say practice what you preach right every decision I make if you are not doing everything for the sake of children it doesn't matter right I I tell my staff all the time I would rather make an adult uncomfortable if it means a student is going to be successful Mm. because it's not about us it's not about us. We have our education. It's not about us. It's, it's about them. So if there's a little bit more work we have to do to ensure that this student is successful, it's them. And I think I've proven that to them. Every decision I make, there's a why beyond it. And the why is always going to be because these students deserve whatever it is, right? Um, so I think the most thing that I've learned from them is just always Think about the kids first. Kids first. Kids first. And you're doing that? I hope so. I'm mm-hmm. trying. Yeah. So as we reach the conclusion of this conversation. Okay. I want to ask about the journey ahead. Okay. For you, however you want to do it. Okay. Um, as you are seeking the Lord for the next phase of your joy journey, mm-hmm. would you dare share your hope for yourself, for your school, for your career, wherever you want to take it for the next five years. Five years. Okay. Well, I hope for more clarity in my next purpose. In leadership, people are always like, well, what's next, right? As I stated earlier, I'm, I'm good. I'm comfortable. I enjoy what I do. Do I think that I have more to give? Are there other things that I enjoy doing in the realm of education? Yes. So in these next five years, what I look for is to 
continue to find the joy every day. You know, uh, my assistant principal has this thing. Uh, ever since she started it, I was started in my school. I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> but it's true. She asked me every day, what was the best part of today? And I can't just say, I woke up this morning, <laughs> right? She let me make it on that a couple times. <laughs> because some days are hard. Yeah. And it's, you know... And she's like, no, what was the best part of today? And it, it requires me to really think through that those moments where I made a difference or that something good happened. Not every moment was bad, you know, uh, and it brings me back to even a couple of years ago. Not sure if you remember, you gave me a gratefulness journey mm -hmm. journal. And that too required me to really think, what was I grateful for today? Besides the fact that God woke me up this morning. Mm -hmm. So my journey, I guess, for the next five years to continue to find the joy in every day, to continue to find more ways to exude my joy onto others and to also ensure that my students are finding joy in education and coming to school because I believe truly that like education is the root of the world I tell my teachers we we are the one job that literally changes the world every day we really do because without us what are people going to do mm. absolutely you 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 didn't learn anything if it wasn't for a teacher. And so that we have a purpose. You know, everyone has something to do with their job that means something for some purpose in life, right? But if one purpose, if that job went away, would it truly make a difference if teachers went away? As we saw during the pandemic, it made a difference, right? Yeah. So we we have a huge purpose on where the world goes from here on out. So it's continuing to find the joy in every day and exude that onto my staff and my students. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. This has been fantastic. So, Terry, how can someone find you if they wanted to get some mentorship, if Ooh, they were okay. seeking to move into education? How can they find you? Come on. We need teachers. Come on. I yes. need teachers. <laughs> we need great teachers that love our kids. Probably uh, the easiest way, I would say, is probably um, email or Twitter. My email is thampto, so T-H-A-M-P-T-O-3 at HoustonISD.org. Uh, you'll probably catch me there faster. My Twitter, huh, I think it's Terry J underscore Hampton. But if you type in Terry Hampton, you'll see me. <laughs> I'm doing like that. Y'all, this has been fantastic she was nervous but i told her she was, was going so to you be know, amazing it's education i know everybody wants to hear about education I told you. and my journey i told you it was so much more i could have said i'm glad i didn't i was she, good i didn't even cry i did you but did. that's okay that just means she can come back and cry oh, <laughs> okay so please comment in every place that you can your favorite yes. takeaway from this episode, how Terry Hampton inspired you <laughs> to sit in the wait and to maximize the very moment. Be yes. sure to like, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend or two. And until we gather again every single Thursday, may God increase your joy, grant you strength for the journey, and the courage to tell your story. <laughs>
Bye, friends.